Let's go live with Jack Kelly. Welcome to the one-of-a-kind LinkedIn live show that will help you with your job search and advancing your career. We will bring in educated career experts who will share their insights and give you inside tips on how to be successful in your job search. Now let's get into today's show with your host, Jack Kelly. Preparing, it says preparing, preparing. Whoa, that went quick. <laughs> it usually takes a while. Meeting is now live on live stream. Yes. Yes, so welcome, welcome to Let's Go Live with Jack Kelly. And today we have two amazing, tremendous, awesome, fabulous career coaches. And, you know, I'll hand it off to them. So maybe, you know, Crystal, Sabrina, you can introduce yourself and tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you guys do. You want to start, Crystal? You want to start with me? Okay, well, hello, everyone. My name is... Crystal Deborah Acoli. I am a careers coach. Um, I'm also a podcast host as well. Um, and I just love helping people with careers. That's pretty much me in a nutshell. Awesome. And Sabrina? I'm Sabrina Woods. I'm a holistic career and life coach. And I'm also the president of the Career Conscious Consortium. And I love working with people who are doing complex, difficult, intense career transitions. I'm not sure why, but maybe the, the harder the, the, the situation, the more I, I get uh, like a challenge. challenged. Yeah. yeah. So, and so I work with a lot of very um, stressed out individuals because anybody that's doing a career transition right now is, is, is really struggling. So I'm really glad to be here and talk about this topic yeah. with Crystal and with you, Jack. So well, thanks, thanks so much for having us. Thanks. Oh, my pleasure. That's what we want to talk about. You know, after, after, it's over, what, over a year now here in the U.S. and I guess the same thing in England that we've been in this pandemic. And, you know, it's interesting here in the States. And I imagine the same thing in the U.K. People handle it different. Some like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and Mark Zuckerberg doing really well. Oh, yeah. A lot of other people, not so much. And then you have some people who are getting by and some people who aren't. You have people who are long term unemployed. You have people who are worried to hang on to their jobs. People who are worried, how do I balance remote work, you know, and, and, and make sure people know what I'm doing. So there's a lot of, I, I feel from speaking to people, both personally and professionally, a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of worry, a lot of doom and gloom. And it doesn't help with the media is constantly just whatever's bad, they're telling us. So it just heaps upon it. So I thought for today, you know, maybe, you know, that Sabrina, Crystal, you could share some advice about for the folks who are going through this, how to cope. And like, maybe one of the first things, is there like a go-to thing that you would suggest to people, whether it's a mantra, whether it's breathing techniques, whether it's shifting your mindset to start saying, okay, how to deal with this, how to deal with the anxiety? Jack, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to say one of the things I'm doing with clients in the beginning of a coaching session and even at the beginning of a webinar, I might be teaching something even like social media, like LinkedIn, and I'm using uh, deep breaths at the start. Okay. So of those kinds of things. You want to do it? I'd love to just, it sounds funny. Hey, everybody, want to join me in breathing? But I'll do it. Let's, let's do it. Okay. Here's what I like people to consider. Putting two, both feet firmly planted on the ground so that you feel grounded to the earth. So you you're not floating, you're more solid. Next thing is from your feet, go all the way up your legs with your attention. Notice now where your legs, your glutes, your hamstrings are touching the chair. You might even um, shift your seat a little bit going back and forth on your hips just to really actually notice where you are on the chair. Then move upwards to your lower back. Just notice, bring attention, just observation. Continue up the back and invite your shoulders to be upright, but not tight to your ears, upright, but relaxed. What we want is a really, uh, really strong posture, but relaxed and open, open chest for these deep breaths. Now that we kind of have noticed that we have a body because we spend so much time in our heads, right? Now we'll go through a four count inhale, a four count hold and a four count exhale. And we'll just do that three times. Okay, it's an invitation to join us. Here we go. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. 
hold. Four, three, two, one, and exhale. Next breath in. Hold. Four, three, two, one, and slow exhale. Last deep breath in. Hold four, three, two, one, and exhale. Then take one or two more breaths with your attention focused on the inhale and the exhale at any pace you wish, just noticing. Giving a moment of relaxation and presence. And then when you're ready, opening your eyes. What I love about this is it's portable. You can do it in an elevator. No one even needs to know that you're doing these deep breaths. And I think it resets our system. And for the case of this, I think I've helped people arrive and become more open to the conversation at hand. I was saying to Jack that I use breath work all the time. Here's the funny thing, and we'll talk more about this as we go along, but I'm not a very good meditator. That's shocking, right? I'm a mindfulness advocate. To sit on a cushion for a half hour, oh my God. I'm like, you know, one of those, I haven't even had coffee and I'm, it's hard for me to just sit. But you give me something short, like a few deep breaths, or you give me something that is more active, like walking, but with focus of attention on something. And I do so much better. So just know that we'll be talking about making it your own if you want to you know, try different methods to reduce your stress. But know that even one deep breath can bring your nervous system back down when it's amped up. Last thing I'll say is a car came out of a side street yesterday. I was in the car with my husband. And it was very startling. And right after that happened, we're both slightly traumatized, right? Because it, it looked like it was going to hit us, but it didn't. So our nervous system sent a message to the brain to alert us. And what I said to my husband was, take one really good deep breath. Because when you do that, you tell the brain you're okay. If you're in a long-term job search, you're constantly in this chronic stress. Even if you got laid off a week ago, you've had a horrible week if you got laid off or furloughed a week ago. So if we can turn that switch with those deep breaths, even three or two or one, we can get ourselves and our bodies into a much better place. So, I, so small, about, but powerful. Crystal, how did you feel about it? Did that calm you down or did it help? Yeah, yeah, I definitely feel a lot more calm. And I actually remember when I used to play basketball back at six, not was it sixth form, secondary school? One of those, we used to do that we used to do lots of these breathing techniques, but it was actually just to calm us down so that we could catch our breath and continue running. So I know it's a slightly different thing, but it's, I can see the connection there where your heart's racing, you know, I think they're quite similar states. So I think it does work. You know, it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting, Crystal. Like if we had this conversation two years ago, I would be like, like, what? This is, what is this? But I, uh, you know, I, I had uh, mentioned to Sabrina, now it's probably, what, a year ago? I don't know, when we when we spoke at, you know, the, that summit, the career uh, job summit, um, that I've taken up yoga and and from there started kind of looking into mindfulness and deep breathing. And I find the deep breathing, it really does help. So people who are watching this who are skeptical and rolling their eyes, and, and, I, and I get that because I was that guy, you know, a couple of easy, yeah, I like yoga, that it's, but I got to tell you, from a stress reliever, it definitely helps. Uh, where if I'll give you one example, like you know when you can't fall asleep at night, and then you get stressed because you're like, I can't fall asleep, but I got to wake up. You know what I mean? I gotta, I gotta get enough sleep because then I'm gonna wake up, I'm gonna be all tired and cranky. 
and you make yourself stay up more. I do the deep breathing then and works like a charm. I do, I just block out everything, do deep breaths. And then before you know it, I'm out, I'm out. So like, it's like a very interesting hack. Or if it's like a stressful, if there's something, I don't know, like something doing, I'm really wound up and we all get wound up and you do just a little breathing, it just kind of kind of grounds you a little bit. Is that, does that make sense of it? Is that kind of the purpose? And probably you know, like different purposes, but that makes sense? Absolutely. And I was just gonna throw it back to Crystal and say, you know, you know, what else is, so we've got the breath. That's just like super powerful. What are some other things that you've noticed in your career coaching practice and with whether it's clients or students that you're working with? Yeah, so for me, it's not necessarily meditation. It's not something I admit I've done much of. I have tried yoga though, um, and it does calm me. Um, but for me, it's I try and get people to reframe the situation. So yes, looking for a job is stressful. It's irritating. It's it, it's just not the best thing. It's not something that you enjoy. But I try and get people to see it from a positive perspective. For whatever reason, you have to look for a job, right? And you're going to learn something from this process. It's it's mm. not it's not enjoyable, but something good will come from it. You might learn about a new area that you might want to go into. You might meet new people. I've met lots of new people when I was looking for work in the past. I met lots of new people in different sectors who I now speak to today or who might tell me about something that could enhance my career now so I see it as it's not a nice process but you learn so much in the process so when you say reframe reframe just so I understand what what do you exactly mean by that yeah so when you're looking for work Mm -hmm. you can sometimes think I'm never going to get anything this is a waste of time it's not working for me, especially if you're sending out lots of applications and nothing's coming back. But I mean, looking at it from a positive perspective. So rather than just focusing on the negatives, think about the positives of the situation. So for example, maybe you're not getting work because your your approach might not be correct. It could be that you're not selling yourself enough, but in the process, you learn how to do that effectively. I just think you should see it as a growing experience rather than something that's a hindrance. Does that make more sense? Yeah, so, so what you're saying is this, so looking for a job, let's say it's like a chore, I hate to compare it this way because I don't want to make people feel worse about looking for a job, but let's say it's a chore you have to do, and let's say washing the dishes. You could just say, oh, I gotta wash the dishes, this is annoying, or you could just focus on washing the dishes, you know, maybe don't, don't think of it as a chore, just kind of go with it, make the best of it, have a different attitude. And that if you change the way you look at it and you change your attitude, then 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 I think, would you say that everything changes along with it and that you do better in the job search? Because now you're not looking at it like, oh my God, I gotta do this, this is terrible. You look at, oh wait, you know, this could be a really exciting opportunity. You know, Maybe I'm in between jobs, but I could perhaps get even a better job, more money, more opportunity, more growth. And this could be the best thing that happened to me. And kind of, is that what you mean? Like you reframe it to say, okay, I'm looking at now like, hey, this is a good thing. This frees me up to find, you know, my future. Is that? That's exactly how, how okay. what I do. It's, it's, there are so many possibilities out there. And I think people worry so much, which is understandable because for some people, they've lost their jobs through redundancy. It's not that they, they chose to change careers, for example. That okay. It's trying to see it from the perspective you just mentioned. Yes. Now, how do you do that, Sabrina? Because I was like, how do you? It seems easy to say, right? Like, but then to actually put that in practice to say, okay, I, I lost my job, I'm hurting, I'm not, you know, I'm not getting the income coming in, I'm a little stressed. Like, what kind of mental hacks do you do to kind of turn it around so you can kind of, you know, put that other aside and just focus more on the positive aspects? Yeah, so I, I don't mind speaking to this. Um, and Sabrina, you've heard me talk about this before. Um, when people have these negative thoughts, what I would suggest is write them down on paper, but then also think about the opposite of that. So if, if you say something like, I'm never going to get a job, underneath that negative thought, put something positive. So I will find the right job for me eventually. And keep, so for every negative thought, make sure that you do that. 
and continue to recite the positive things. So for me, it's what you feed your mind, what you feel, feed your heart, because that is eventually what will come out of you. That's what's going, you're going to focus on. So if you're focused on the positives, it does help. This is something I have personally, um, I found very, very useful. And even, even just today, just before I jumped on this, this, um, this live, I was speaking to someone who had quite a negative perspective, understandably, but just by me asking them, do you have to make a decision on a career right now? What's wrong with exploring? It completely shifted their, their thoughts. They were smiling at the end of it. So I do think mindset is incredibly important. And Sabrina, you, I remember you telling me about, I'm just, I'm gonna butcher it, but like kind of the neuroscience behind that you do kind of change the way you're thinking. Do I have that kind of right? Where, you, you, you know, you can, by doing what Crystal is mentioning, it's actually going to change the way your brain is processing. So that if you're constantly being negative and thinking negative thoughts, your brain is just wired to keep seeing everything as negative. But if you change it the way Crystal is saying, and you write down in positive, saying, I'm going to find a new job, you know, I'm going to make more money, I'm going to have a better opportunity, all of a sudden your brain rewires it so that you really do become more positive. There's a really good, um neuropsychologist out Neuropsychi there. Named, okay. Wait, what's it called? Named, neuroscience? Or what's like the whole term? For oh, that? neuroscience is the category, but there's okay. a really good neuropsychologist out there by the name of Rick Hansen, PhD. Mm -hmm. And he has a book called Hardwiring Happiness, but he also has a TEDx. In fact, when we, when we save this session, I think we can add some links yeah. to it too, can't we? So I'll oh, yeah. send the link out. But if you just Google Rick Hansen, H-A-N-S-O-N, TEDx hardwiring happiness. What, what he teaches and what other neuroscientists will teach is that our brain automatically wires negative experiences faster than positive, but this was for a survival mechanism. Way back in the day, if a saber-toothed tiger, tiger jumped out at you, you needed to hardwire how to deal with that, mm. that survival moment, right? But a happy incident, like, oh, look at the pretty sunset, doesn't hardwire in the brain as fast, unless you take the time, and Rick Hansen talks about 20 seconds, to hardwire in the good. And he calls it taking in the good. So if, if, if taking in the good means writing these statements, I might be able to find a job someday, even if we can't say, I will find a job. I might, if we just put some positives in that space, then we're, we're building that resilience for ourselves. And this can come in, in, in all different forms. Um, and I can get into it later, but there's also a technique I can talk about for dealing with really hard emotions or moments where, where our emotions are taking over. But I don't know if I can, I can pivot and come back to that if it's kind of related, but a little different. A tool called RAIN. But we can go on with other topics first before I circle back to that one, if you'd like. <laughs> Would you also say, so I, I really, uh, it's really interesting what you're saying is that basically our core thing is animals that back, you know, when, you know, you know, centuries ago, you, you know, even more, like we just wired to be like, all right, we're watching for danger. You know, we're going to be attacked by a predator. We, whatever is going to happen. And so our mind is like always looking for the negative just to survive. Fast forward to now, it's a whole different world. You still need that, but not as much. So, but you're, I guess the brain is made up that way. So you got to kind of push back is what I guess you're saying to say, hey, even though it's going to be hardwired for all the negativity, the, you know, uh, fight or flight kind of thing, you have to readjust it to say, okay, yeah, I'm going through a tough time now. Lost the job. I'm in between jobs. I'm a little panicking, but I got to have this kind of, and I don't, I'm curious what you say, have this mantra, have this mindset, have this, you know, I will find a job. Like almost say it to yourself and will it, you know, I'm going to find a job. I'll find a better job. I'm going to make more money. I'm going to be happier in this job. I'm going to have a better career. And then Crystal, I think what you were kind of alluding to by doing that, it does become self-fulfilling. Is that right? Definitely. That's exactly yeah. what I mean. <laughs> now, have you seen, have you seen like your people that you help coach that like you've watched from the beginning and they've done that. And then you're like, Oh my God, it worked. <laughs> it helped. I mean, did you, I guess you've seen that a lot, huh? Yeah, I guess I, I tend to see it straight away yeah. as in, you know, the shift from, gosh, I can't do this to actually there's hope. So right. I've seen definitely a lot more of that because when I work with students, it's quite short term. It's not that I work with them long term. 
So these are more students a lot that you, you help the, who, are, who are going to your university who are going through some challenges and you're helping them to get yeah. there. Yes, so with the students, it's not long-term, it's pretty much one-to-one, yeah. -one. but yes, you do see that, that shift. And I do use the techniques that we've spoken about uh, for that. Do, do, you, do, 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 Sabrina, Crystal, do you, do you subscribe to using like mantras or visualization, like seeing yourself in that job, seeing yourself in that office? Uh, are those- I can, I, can, I can jump in and just say, um, while I might not repeat a mantra in my head, I'll, I'll share a quick story about having a visual reminder about what you're going after can help you enhance that. So, I know, is that, is that Sabrina? Oh, okay. oh, can you still <laughs> hear me? It just froze for an instant, yeah. Well, you said- okay. I did a, a guided visualization with a client a couple of years ago yeah. and asked her some questions about what she wants in that future environment. Right. And we got, we got it down after, after we came out of that kind of mindful estate, we got it down to five bullets. She took those five things, even though she didn't know how she was gonna manifest or bring to life those five elements in a job, she didn't know. There was no job title on there. It was like, this is what I want in my next environment. These are the skills I wanna use, et cetera. Five bullets went on her fridge. I worked with her for a long time because she was in a high, highly stressed, legal environment and it was taking her a long time to do this pivot she wanted to leave the field she was in um crystal would know nothing about that sorry i digress <laughs> former lawyer um just she stayed in the field but tangentially but what happened was when she finally did land the job she said sabrina i looked back at the list on the fridge all five boxes were ticked and i was like yes mm -hmm. so there was something about having those messages in front of her the fridge you see what several times a day right so reinforcing those messages and, and seeing it and, and so slowly she started to believe that that was possible and yeah it took her a long time but she did it and i think that those having those little messages there were really helpful is and, that like a um, visualization board is that what you're talking about in part uh, no they were they were five bullets short sentences right. that she put on a piece of paper on her fridge and I'm pulling something off because I've had this in my office for years. If I'm feeling overwhelmed or anxious, this is what I look at. <laughs> so for me, it says I'm at peace. And I remind myself that the core of me is at peace. And I've just had this wave. It's kind of like the ocean is quiet underneath, but there's waves going on. So I think like, oh my gosh, there's all this going on. But I, I can remember that in my core, I'm at peace. And so you might need, I am worthy. If you have been out of job for a while, you're feeling really crappy. You might need to remind yourself. So whereas I might not say a mantra, I do like having positive statements floating around. So, well, I, 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 yeah. in one of the other LinkedIn labs, I had, I, and I apologize, I can't remember who mentioned to me about having a visualization board, which kind of sounds what you're talking about. But, but in addition to that, like, a, like, I guess literally a board with every yeah. there. You Is can that, have a big board with images yeah. on it. Yeah. And yes. words. I have and that I've seen people me. use that. Oh, Dave, Crystal. So yeah, it's like, right behind me. I've got about, about three or four. <laughs> but I well, haven't. You know what am I asking? What do, you, what do you have on there? Like, what do you. Um, so I've got, I've got my current workload. What am I doing now? What am I not doing now? Where do I see myself at 40? <laughs> all of that. What I want in life. It's just all across the back of the wall. Wait. <laughs> I just got, is it, could it be a little bit more pressure? Like, what am I going to do at 40? Like, could that backfire on people that it's like too much pressure if you don't do it, then you feel bad? Seriously, is it like you have to balance it? I think, no, I, I see what you mean. I have short term yeah. and I have long term. But for me, I'm someone who likes to see things quite far ahead. And look, it doesn't mean I'm, I'm going to do exactly what I've written, right. but it just shows me that I'm on the way and it just keeps me focused it, it probably will change but there are some things I would like to achieve by a certain time so when I feel like I'm slacking a little bit you know I push myself and remind myself I can get there but then I also have well, it, it's a visual it, it inhabits your space right yes. it's this visual that inhabits your space and keeps you feeling that aliveness and that sense of purpose it's really awesome and I, I see the connection there because okay, on one end you have the like the visual is it called a visualization board? Is that the right term or vision board? Vision board. So you have a vision board, but then also Gosh. if you are in your mind like reframe, reframing or reframe. Wait, 
it's reframing your thoughts, you said, what's, it's reframing or reframing, right? Is that the right term, Crystal? I think. Re when you said. Or, yeah, before I said, yes, you're reframing the situation, okay. what, it, so, what it looks like to you. So in a way they kind of dovetail together because one, you're just having a visual thing that you, you're looking right at it and, and it keeps reminding you here, this is my journey, this is what I'm doing, this is what I want to achieve. But then also, you're also at the same time changing the way you're looking at things. So kind of these things kind of coalesce together. So there's not like, so it's like, there's just not one answer how you can kind of de-stress and deal with anxiety. It sounds like deep, so so far in the short time we're talking about, like we're talking about like deep breathing to kind of just, just calm you down a little bit so you can kind of approach things from a more calm perspective instead of being all agitated and aggravated and uptight. You could have a vision board, you could reframe like how you think of things so you could be more positive, you can move forward. What are some of the other things? Because I noticed with people, they lose their confidence and the self-esteem when they keep getting rejected, especially in this market. I can tell you firsthand as a recruiter, you get ghosted, you don't hear feedback, you don't get this constructive criticism, and then you're at home and you're not with your colleagues or coworkers and you just feel lost. So how, like, how, how would you suggest to people to get that confidence boost back? Yeah, I can jump in and, and, sure. and share a tool that I call, and I think I've got a blog post a long time ago about it. I call it, um, get a boost from your past. So what I actually ask, let's check, let me pretend you're my client right now. Okay. And let's just say you've had, you had a layoff three months ago and you're just, you're swimming and you're, you're like, oh, I'm not hearing back from recruiters and, and your self-esteem is each day. It feels like it's, it's just eroding, even though you haven't changed, like you still have all these yeah. skills, but you, okay. So it's starting to go down. And so what I might give you as a homework assignment is I might say, okay, Jack, tell me about your last job and about who some of your advocates were, who, who thought you did awesome work and you'd name maybe three people. And then I might say, tell me, you know, a good friend of yours and, you know, who pretend like, um, for example, I was going to go talk to them and hear about you. You know, who, who could I talk to that would say nice things about you? And you come up with five people or even you come up with three people. And what the homework assignment asks you to do is step into their shoes. It's kind of weird, write about yourself as if you were them. So you might say, okay, Tom, my coworker from my last job, he'd probably say that I was that I was a hard worker, but I was a really good collaborator and da, da, da. So you write a little paragraph or a couple of bullets, but you write it as if you're Tom. You take yourself in, put yourself in his shoes and you write it in that tense. So there's something about it. You get out of you and you remember, and you, it, it seems to like crystallize a little bit more when you put it in there, in there, um, as if they were saying it. So you kind of write it as if maybe I was interviewing Tom as a, one of your references for a future job. That's yeah. interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, would you also think that um, to look at past achievements so that, oh yeah, let's say to use the example, I'm, the, you know, I'm in between roles, I'm feeling a lack of self-esteem, a lack of self-confidence. I feel like, am I ever going to get through this? to, in addition to what you mentioned, Sabrina, maybe look back and think of past achievements and say, hey, I went through this really difficult time period and I came through it. And actually, I think I saw a posting you did on LinkedIn. I came through it, but I'm actually better for it. So in a way, in hindsight, it wasn't so bad that it happened because I'm a better person for it now. And, and, I'm, you know, and I'm heading in a good direction. Does that help too, to kind of think, okay, not everything is bad, this right here, right now kind of sucks, but look at what happened, you know, last year, five years ago, four years ago, that I went through something was really awful and I got through it and I'm better for it so I could do it again. Oh yeah. Especially if you're feeling this lack of um, nothing's ever going to work out. When you feel that really dismal space, look back to like your past two or three really tough challenges, whatever they were because that might remind you of your strength, your perseverance, your talents. What helped you get through that really difficult time? And then that gives you that support. I can do this again. I did it then, I can do it again. So that's right, that past accomplishments as well as past getting through those challenges can give you that boost. Yeah. So we've got a couple different things that kind of kind of help you get back. Now, what about yeah. this, Crystal? This, this might sound weird, but let's say it's hard to shake it off. 
-hmm. is there a way you could just for that one interview just just change your just change who you are i don't mean be a radically different person <laughs> but you go for an interview right and it's it's been six months you've been out of work you keep getting rejected and and trust me i hear from people all the time like this and they just feel going into the interview all right here's another it's just not going to work out with the world mindset is there a way to get like like an like like an adrenaline adrenaline shot of like a boost of confidence, self-esteem, just to get through that interview to be your old self. Does is there a way like something that do you know? I think, there are, I think there are a couple of things. I think one is I'm not sure if any of you have heard of Amy Cuddy and uh, where she talks about the power pose. So you stand like a superhero. Your okay. Arms, it's apparently meant to give you a boost of confidence so that you walk into the interview feeling like you are a superhero. So through <laughs> that's that's something that she's mentioned. Okay, that's I like that. So the way to do something like she's doing like a superhero, but I guess certain music maybe um, that pumps you up perhaps too. Ooh, rocky. Or dancing, <laughs> jogging, like just something like you know, do jumping jacks before get your heart. You know what I mean? Is that? Oh, I see. So making sure that physically you're you're ready. I know. Just get yourself like 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 get yourself out of that bad head. It's you're like okay because here's what happens in real life i see all the time someone goes for an interview and then i get the feedback and they'll say hey jack you know what this person just came across a little too resentful a little too you know bitter a little angry and like i i, I want to tell them we're, you know it's a pandemic and the person's out of work how do you want them to be but they want them to be hey i'm doing great hey i'm doing you know everything is fine i mean because they can't be honest they can't really they can't really come across like i'm feeling miserable because they can say pass we're going to go and look for someone else who's who's feeling you know who's upbeat who's positive so power um, pose that's your th yeah, that's that, that's one another one i feel better to do that supposedly <laughs> <laughs> it does help but another thing i've heard is think of someone who's the most positive person that you know in in the world or yeah who's someone that you really admire and imagine you're them. So you walk into the okay. interview. You're still, you're still you. You're right, still right, right. who you are. But you walk into the interview with that person, with that person yeah. kind of on your back. You imagine you're kind of you're that person, and you project that person in the interview. So you you come across as more positive because you're imagining you're them. I haven't tried this myself. I like yet. that. I'm gonna try. It's, it's like you're channeling. I like. So you're saying you're <laughs> channeling the best version of yourself through whoever your hero is or whoever is like you feel, or even a friend that you know that like you feel, what would, you know, my friend Sabrina do in that instance? Okay, she would do this. All right, that's what I'm gonna do. And maybe it takes takes the pressure off because now like you're not yourself, you're you're channeling somebody else. Sabrina, yeah. <laughs> and I'd be really chilled and relaxed and articulate. And <laughs> I'd get the job. Yeah. <laughs> so, so a power pose, challenge, like, yeah, like who would you I'll take? Give you, right, I'll give you a crazy one, Jack. What you want to? You want one that's a little more on the, sure, on the yeah. crazy side? So this kind of goes to family. So this is in the psychology realm again, but we have different yeah. parts of ourselves, right? So if you could actually think about that fear or that I'm not good enough or that I'm going to botch this, if you could kind of take that self-doubt self and actually imagine it's a little, a little whatever thing and tell it take it imagine taking that piece of yourself opening the door mm -hmm. boom i'm leaving you outside mm -hmm. you know you're this naysayer part of you or this pessimist or this negative uh-uh maybe it's there to keep me safe in some situations but i don't need you right now so if you could imagine kicking it out and then saying i'm just going to come from the more powerful self the more confident self the more Hey, I'm gonna allow, I'm gonna allow for my best possible self to show up right now. But there's something about like this, it's kind of crazy, like, oh, I'm gonna kick it to the curb, literally, because we have these different components all within us. So what if we can activate our stronger self and tell the other one to hit the road, well, what makes it might be just fun and crazy enough to work. Well, because I think what you're saying is this is that we all have like our monkey brain where things are just constantly just popping up, popping up, popping up. And sometimes it's like, and if you're in between jobs, you lost your job, you're worried about losing your job, you're getting that, um, like you, you both have said before, oh, maybe I'll never get another job. I'm not going to find something. Ah, You just, when you have those thoughts going through your head, yeah, you just stop it, right? You just, like you say, you're saying just take it, throw it, throw it away. But it, Or at the same time, it's putting up some boundaries to say, all right, I'm getting this negative thought. I'm not going to let it take over. I'm going to block it. 
And then maybe to take what Crystal said earlier, to reframe it and say, okay, I know, all right, I'm getting this wave of negativity. I'm going to stop it, reframe it and say, nope, I, you know, here's what I'm going to do instead. And then go to your vision board, go to, you know, the notes that you have there and say, I got to go back to what's, what's what I, I want to do, what I will do, what I will accomplish and kind of change it. So it does sound really rational, Sabrina, in terms of just fighting back against that loop, you know, that's going on in your head all the time. Um, now, what would you say about like hobbies, movies, just, just things sometimes, is it helpful to say, you know what, I'm just not going to look for a job today. Let me go, you know, let me just, just binge some Netflix. Let me just do whatever hobby I have. Let me, if it's a nice day, go for a long walk, go for a bicycle ride, what have you. Do you think that people put too much pressure on themselves to constantly be on and then the results may not be so great because they just keep stressing themselves out. Oh, whether you're working or whether you're in a job search, we can't plow through our days and do 10 hours straight and 12 hours straight and, and expect to still have A, a quality of life and, and B, still have quality output. So yeah, you might need that whole Friday to go and stop and just take that break clear everything away. It's really hard for people in the job search to take those breaks because they feel this like, oh, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to. So if you can hear it from career coaches that say this is really good for you, and then you can reignite it after you've had your break. So you can have those whole day breaks, but I'd also highly recommend don't sit for more than 60 to 90 minutes max in front of a computer. Get up, get a, take a quick break, get a glass of water do a slow walk through your living room back, even if you can't get outside for two seconds. Don't sit for 60 to 90 minutes, more than that, because our productivity starts to go down. So whether you're in the job search or on a job, those breaks are really, really good. And I'll take a micro break. I literally will go out for a walk. Sometimes it's five or six minutes in between a client or a meeting. That's not very long. And people might think that's a waste of time. Oh, come back fresh. I come back in such a different way after even something that's less than 10 minutes. It's powerful for me. I agree. It makes sense. Right. I find that myself too, where sometimes after a while, you just stare at the computer, you're, you're blurry. It's just, you're, you're in a rut. And then by just doing whatever, it just kind of re, re you know, changes the way you're looking at it. It's kind of a refresher mm -hmm. and it helps. Um, yeah. I wanted to add to that, actually. I think there is this, this culture out there and it's, I think it's fueled by a lot of entrepreneurs that you have to grind and hustle all the time in order to succeed. And I, look, I'm all for hard work. I get it. But I think you need to rest. I think people don't really understand the importance of rest. Even God himself needed to rest for a day, you know, so <laughs> I just I, I admire what, you know, the work he had, he, he done. So I just think, we, we underestimate how much we need to rest and people should not feel guilty that they're taking time out to walk, to watch Netflix. Look, you can't do it all the time, okay, but you need a bit more balance because sense, whatever yeah. work you're producing, it won't be to a high standard anyway because you're stressed. You need exactly. to rest. Yeah. Ah. Do you find that with your, you're in a, you're in a university setting, do you yeah. find that with, the students, because from my end, it's a high-end university, so I imagine the stress level is up. Everybody's looking over at the next person, and you mm. feel you got to do as good as them or better than them, and everyone is really smart. How do you help them not just get, like, they're probably doing really well on their mm -hmm. own, but you're looking at the person here and there, and you're kind of a little jealous. Why am I not getting the same grades, or why am I not getting the same co-op or internship? How yeah, so yeah. So without breaching confidentiality, I say to them, look, I see so many people each week and you're all asking me the same questions. You're really? all worried that the person next door to you is doing more, but you're all doing your best and you're all different people. And therefore, your outcomes will be completely different. And so I just remind them that, look, it's not a race with this other person. The only person you're really racing is yourself. And with uh, the more mature students, so those who maybe are changing careers, um, you know, they, they're probably not as, as worried about that. They, they tend to get that a bit more. It's hard to do that, isn't it? To kind of separate yes. yourself and not, 
especially with social media now, like, you know, you go on Instagram, you go on, you know, Twitter, Facebook, everybody is like, what a wonderful life. Everything is great. Everything is fantastic. And then it makes you feel even worse about yourself saying, hey, how come my life isn't all cool? Switch so, it off. Switch yeah. it off. If you know you're stressed and you're seeing everyone succeed, they're just showing you their highlight reel. It doesn't mean yeah. that everything's all good all of the time. No, that's all they're showing you. You don't know what's going on in, in the background. And if it's, if it's stressing you out, come off for a few weeks, focus on what you're doing and come back when you feel better. That's, that's my opinion. Yeah, it's, it's hard though to turn it off, right? Have you watched, the, is it called The Social Experiment on Netflix? Have either of you I, I, I know of it, but no, I haven't watched it. After watching that, you'll, you'll, you yeah. might stop for a couple of weeks. I would recommend Cause, it. Because I'll, I'll be on social media in the sense, in a different way for the most part. As a recruiter, I'm on LinkedIn looking for candidates and you know all that kind of stuff. I write for Forbes, so I post my things there. But then I'm always looking for ideas to write about. But you can't get help sucked into, hey, I just made a fortune in cryptocurrencies. I just, uh, you know, and it's like, you know, sometimes it's hard to kind of divorce yourself saying like, well, I'm such a loser. How come I'm not doing this? What's going on? It, it's really weird. But you just got to shut it off, right? You, can't, you know, you just got to understand it's that highlight reel that someone's showing you, not the real world. I mean, that's what I think. But look, it's that's that's happening for them. I just think if you see yourself as a unique person, your time will come. You've also had victories and other people haven't had them. I just think you just can't focus on others too much. And you're right, it's easier said than done, but it's, you have to remind yourself constantly of this because yeah, it's a very real thing. Young people struggle with it, older people struggle with it. Do you think? I, I'll throw out something. I, I've had, when I work with clients, I, I help them actually put together a wellness strategy. We look at a couple different areas of their life. And I literally had a client recently who said, I am probably spending too much time on social media. And that's one of the things that's keeping me from doing some of the other things that would be more proactive, right? With She's trying to do a career change. And so I said, first step, I'm not asking you to change it, but measure it. She's like, okay. So awareness, whatever it is, that's troubling us so that we want it or whatever habit we want to change. If we take it literally one small step at a time, but let the first step be measurement, awareness. So the next time maybe with her, she's going to say, this is how much per day, this was my average. And then I'm going to say, well, that's interesting. And then would you like to set a small goal to reduce it? Maybe it's by 5%, 10% on three days. You know, if we can do awareness first and then a micro change, problem where I think we get stuck is we want to do a big change. Oh, I'm going to shut the thing off. I'm not going to listen to it for three weeks. That's harder, I think. Or I'm going to exercise every day for 60 minutes. Okay. But what if you tried 10 minutes? Like this morning, I told myself 15 minutes on the bike, Sabrina, you can do this, right? At a nine o'clock client, I'm like, I can do the bike and the shower and then blow the hair out and all this stuff. I can do this. I ended up doing 30 minutes, but my goal was only 15. My goal each week is 15 minutes of cardio three times a week. Well, sometimes I could go less, but sometimes I go more. Yeah. So awareness and then start small for changing a habit is what I would pitch. I like which is a micro, micro habit. Or my micro. Yeah. Try and produce or start a micro habit. Um, tinyhabits.com is something you can, I think I've got the right website. I can double check that. Uh, is where I've gotten some of those ideas from. Again, really, really small. <laughs> the story that I read was like, put your, if, you, if you're not going to the gym, then start the habit of putting your gym shoes on and walking to the end of the driveway and back and call that progress. And then spend five minutes at the gym once a week. Okay, I made it. And then you build from there. Makes sense. And, and for We're trying to train our brain to do something new. And yeah. that's interesting because like, I, so if you're, let's say you're in the midst of a job search, you're just thinking, I have to get a new job, which is a big audacious goal. Because if let's yeah. say you're, you're a mid to senior level person, just sake of conversation, that could take months and months, even in the good times, meeting with so many yeah. people. It can, it can take a year or more. Yeah. So if yeah. you take a micro habit and say, okay, my, my long-term goal is getting a job. 
like on your on your vision board, you know, long term is I'm going to get a job, right? Crystal, like on the board up there. But then the micro habit would be, okay, today I'm just going to reach out to people I know in my network to let them know my situation, to see if they have any leads and companies I want to work for. So then you make this micro habit. I'm just going to break it down to this one thing so I can measure it. I can have more control over it. I'm not thinking, I got to get a job. I got to get a job. You're like, okay, no. Right now, today, I'm just focusing on this one thing. And then maybe the uh, uh, later in the day or the next day, I'm just going to focus on like, hmm, maybe I'm going to reinvent myself. What else could I do? Let me explore other things, how I could change my career, how I could reinvent myself, how I could pivot. Then maybe another day it could be, okay, maybe I just take a gig kind of role, go into the gig economy, maybe a contract role in the meantime to do something so that rather than get overwhelmed with the enormity of I got to get a new job, I got to get a new job. You do these little things that build up and just focus on those. Is that kind of what you mean with the tiny habits? Yeah. And it can be, it can be even so small that you say, my goal is to reach out to one person for an informational interview sometime this week. It's not to have the informational interview done, but start with, I'm going to reach out to one person. Maybe you end up reaching out to three that week. Yeah. But if we can make it small and manageable and not measure the end result, but measure internal, I'm going to spend you know, half an hour working on my resume. I'm not trying to finish it, but let me just put on my calendar Saturday morning at 10 a.m. I'm going to try for half an hour because people get stuck with big, big, big things. And they just, that makes them feel worse. I I like that. See, I like that because that's, because to to, to get that big goal, you know, it's not going to happen right away, you know, for the most part. So, but you can get little victories. And then if you get those little victories under your belt, you're going to feel more confident about yourself. You can say, hey, you know, I wanted to reach out to like Sabrina say one person, but you actually you got three people that you feel like, oh, this is cool. I, I, I'm and celebrate it. Yeah, and actually Let's celebrate it. it. Like, yay! I did it. Yeah, most people. There's another that, article right? I read recently about celebration. Like, right, you got to celebrate those, each little loud. thing. Celebrate. You got to celebrate, so then you feel because then, like, I guess the more you do that, the more confident you can be, the more you feel good about yourself. You know, someone asks you, "Hey, what did you?" Oh, I was really successful today. You know, I spoke to you know, three people who may have leads at certain companies. Great. You know, I feel good. I feel You're also like, activating your dopamine, which is your reward system. Yeah. So if we want to continue to think about that neuroscience. When we set a goal, we meet it. We're releasing dopamine, which helps us get to the next goal or set the next goal. Do you often say, thinking, Crystal, maybe you see this in students. Do you think sometimes the stress comes from where you're doing something like you really don't want to do, but you're doing it because maybe societal pressure, maybe because you know, if I go to this university, whether yours or another one, I, I, I'll get on the path to get a certain job. But in your heart, you're like, I really don't know if I want to do it, but you're caught in that hamster wheel and, and, and you're stressed out because you're not really doing what you really want to do. Is that, is that a thing? Yeah, it's very common that people have pressure from perhaps uh, family members. Mm-hmm. So maybe they've picked a particular course because maybe their family have all been in this particular profession or um, maybe they've come from another country so that there is that pressure to get a, a good job whatever that means for them and pursue it even if maybe they want to do something that isn't as stable or has as high status as the job they're perhaps going for um, but I think with with situations like that as a, as, a, as a coach you have to be careful you can't you can't push them say no go and do this right it's for them to discover by themselves and i guess it's for you to give them that confidence to to go into what they really want to do but it's really up to them so i'm i'm quite cautious with that when it comes to parents especially because yeah, with young adults i can imagine there's a lot of family pressure you know to be fill in the blank you know we want you to be this that and maybe they don't really have you know, I think people sometimes are good in math, sometimes they're not. Sometimes people are good in whatever. And if you're kind of going against what you're good at, but you feel that you have to go that direction, that gotta lead to stress and anxiety too. Of course, of course, there'll definitely be stress and anxious, but it's it's just a matter of, they have to try it for themselves. I think sometimes it's an idea. So they may say to you, I want to be a lawyer. Okay, why? They can't answer it. <laughs> It's when they've tried it, they may think, okay, no. Then they need to look for alternatives. And then it's about talking, talking to them about having that discussion with whoever's putting the pressure on them. 
And that can be a very difficult discussion very to have, difficult. especially if, if yeah. they're paying for everything and you, you highly respect them. And there are some people though, who just say, well, I'm not doing it and I'll make my way. Yeah, it which is it's hard. It's hard because then you have that probably internal conflict with your family that wants you to do whatever they want you to do and you don't, you know, you don't want to do it. And it, it's, it's a lot of conflict, but I guess sometimes you have to do it. You have to go your own always way. For a season, always for a season. So some, again, another another myth that I, an issue that I see with quite a few students is they think that once they pick one career, that's it. That's what you're doing for the rest of your life. And I often say to them, look, no, you will gain skills from this first career and you can pivot and change. And I do use myself as an example and lots of my colleagues who have switched from one profession to the other. And it's definitely something that will continue to happen. I think so. I think we're going to be where, like for my kids, they'll probably have four different careers and like five different jobs within those careers because <laughs> things are changing so quickly. You yeah. can't be like my parents' generation where you'd get a job and you do that and you retire and that's it. It's a whole different world now. And which, which in a way to reframe things, that's kind of cool. You're not locked into something. So if you could say, hey, you know what? I hate being an accountant. I want to do something else. That's fine. And you move on and you don't feel like you have to be stuck there for 30 years. Yes, but then I'm also seeing people who um, have stuck, they, maybe they just fell into something because perhaps they didn't have a specific thing in mind. And it's later on in life, they're realizing, okay, I actually want to focus on what I care about, but they've had that time to think. And then I help them to pivot to what they really want. But this time for them to create what they want, what right. kind of work do you see yourself doing? What does that look like? And help them to take their time to build what they want. So these aren't students, these are others in that I work with. But I just think that you, in the end with your career, you create what you want. I don't think there's a job out there that, that will fit you perfectly. I think you have to build it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense to both of you? Very much so. I yeah. find out from speaking to people, I, I imagine you as well, both as well, is during the pandemic, so many people have just reassessed their lives, their careers, their jobs, their future. Where they're like, do I really want to be doing this? Because you realize how life is so short and precious and fragile. Just it hits you right in the face, so you know it now. You know, like we all know it, but when you see it, you realize, oh my gosh. And they're like, do I want to do this for the next five, 10, 20 years? And then they start thinking, what else could I do? What else that I could do that has some meaning, that has some purpose, you know, that I feel good about myself. I wake up in the morning, even if it doesn't pay as much, but it's something I like. Do you both see that in your practices where people have had that like aha moment, like, oh my God, life is going to go by too quick and what am I doing? That's how my whole business, that's the whole business that I run. It's all yeah. people that have said, I, I think there's something else, or I think I can be happier, or this is such a toxic situation. I don't want to do this anymore. And so they embark on this, what has meaning for me and what is going to be a better fit? And that's just mm -hmm. a joy and an honor to take people through that process. And I want to give a shout out for Crystal's podcast. So if you are a career changer or transitioner, uh changes and transitions is the name of the podcast so check that out it's really helpful i think to hear people's stories it brings us hope and it gives us ideas and inspiration so definitely check out the podcast and i think that's something people who are in between roles probably even owe it to themselves i would say what do you think to actually start exploring that say hey wait maybe you know i, I Let's presume they like their job and their career where they were, but not loving it, then maybe it makes sense to say, hey, let me use this time to reassess. What else I think a I lot do? of people have done that. They've said, I've nothing to do at night. There's no places to go during this lockdown. Why don't I take a course? Why don't I start like joining a professional association to yeah. test out this other career? Why don't I have some conversations with friends of friends? So I think that there's been a lot of that going on. And it's that combination of having, in some ways, more time, in the evenings at least, with this sense of the preciousness, like you were saying, that we're, we're finite. And how much time we have left, we don't know. So why not use it really wisely? It's precious. I love that word. It really, I think it's really come home because so many of us have lost someone at this time. Mm -hmm. Someone, even if it's just a friend of a friend, if you haven't lost someone directly. So it's just very very in this now moment, that whole theme. Jack, I'm not trying to steal your thunder. I know you're asking all the questions here, but do you think that 
even though people may, but this is for both of you, do you think that even though people may want to change careers, they're, they're scared because of, they see it as a mountain. It's so difficult to do. Oh, absolutely. And so they don't even want to think about it. Absolutely. Because don't you know, know where to start. Well, like, mm -hmm. I imagine the same thing in the UK. Here, here in the US, people get so intertwined with their job and career. You know, you meet somebody, the first thing is like what you do. It doesn't mean, oh, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a husband, I'm a dad, you know, I have pets. I mean, it's more of, they mean, what's your job? What's your career? So you get so like, like your whole identity gets wrapped up in it. That's why I think when people lose their job, it's so rough because that's their identity. And, and for a short period of time, they feel, who am I now? So then to your question, then if you want to go do something else, it's kind of frightening because like, okay, I've been, um, a, you know, a tax accountant or a stockbroker for 20 years and I'm only 40 something, how do I now become something different? And it's really kind of probably messes with your mind to figure out, I'm gonna be a completely different kind of person. So yeah, it's a little scary, it's very scary. And then I wonder if people have this kind of self doubt, like, well, who am I to say, I've been doing such and such for so many years, now I'm gonna do something else. And they probably feel like, how do I have the right to do it or the ability to do it? And they, you know, and they, and they don't. So yeah, that's, it's a thing. Yeah, I'll just say fear yeah. is probably the number one thing that stops people in their tracks. And it's all different kinds of fear, but fear. So it can be fear of that loss of identity, but it can be fear, will I be successful? Fear, will I find it? Fear, will, will the next job pay what this other one paid? So that's, that's what I sense. Whether they say it to me or not, that's what I, I know is a big part of it. You know, by nature, we like to be comfortable and we like some predictability in our life. And we, we like stability, even if we like adventure, right? We want a core of stability. So when we take someone's livelihood and we either pull it out from under them by laying them off or firing them or whatever it is, or we give them such a yucky work environment that they feel like they have to go, right? Mm -hmm. Then, oh my gosh, you know, this losing my train of thought there, this whole thing could just become big and difficult, but it, doesn't mean it's not possible. So anybody out there, I just want to say, don't give up if you do feel like you need a career shift or change and plan to do it small bites at a time. Don't have to do it overnight, I think is what all of us want you to know. Um, but it's so worth it to feel excited to get up and go to work in the morning, or at least feel like what you're doing is something in good alignment with your talents, with who you are. Sorry, got a little lost in my thought. No, I that's love great. Stuff. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Um, you know, I love this conversation because oftentimes when you speak with people, let's say career coaches or whoever, it's much more the granular. Okay, here's what you do, and it's very nuts and bolts. What I really appreciate about this, this conversation is that it's, it's something very different that people don't pay attention to. You know, it's, it's a thought process, you know, it's developing the micro habits. It's maybe doing deep breathing to de-stress. So when you feel like you're just going out of your mind, how you can kind of get yourself back grounded. It's reframing things to say, hey, it's not that I lost a job. Now I have the ability, the freedom to pursue what I really want to pursue. Maybe I want to reinvent myself. Maybe I want to pivot. I'll try, I don't have to worry about getting a job tomorrow and be overwhelmed, take those tiny habits and move forward. So it's kind of a lot of things that, you know, Crystal and Sabrina, you brought up that a lot of people don't talk about. And I don't know why people feel uncomfortable talking about things like this. It's weird. It's like, it has to be, you know, okay, send out X amount of resumes, you know, make so many calls and very, very regimented where I think a lot of it is what both of you were sharing is that you just need to have that kind of mindset change, this mindset shift, right? So that you have your vision board of here's what I want to do, here's where I want to go and incorporate that into the day-to-day -day stuff. And with that, are there, you're not gonna believe, we would do, this is like an hour flew by. So any other things I didn't ask you or is there any other advice you'd like to be, to offer that I didn't, I didn't kind of bring up for people who are just, just trying to get through this? I'll bring up one more tool. And I know I'm going to have to butcher it and make it very, very short, but there's something more in the psychology space that's called RAIN, 
that's an acronym, R-A-I-N. And it's, uh, you can get more information about it from Tara Brock, T-A-R-A, and then B-R-A-C-H. She has a PDF that you can actually download. It is a really good tool when you're dealing with these tough emotions, the fear. How am I going to pay my bills? I mean, there's some real fears out there, real high levels of stress when we're pulled in so many different directions and we have this instability in our world. So RAIN stands for recognize, recognize those emotions, allow or accept them. That sounds weird. I don't want to accept that I'm feeling fearful right now. I, that's the last thing. But take a breath and accept that that's what it is. Name it, because if we can name it, is that irritation or is that actually fear? Is that I'm you know, angry or is it something else? So name it. The next one is investigate. What's there? And investigate it with care and, and say, you know, is there something I need to acknowledge right now? What am I believing about this? Maybe there's some other way I'm, I need to look at this. So investigate. And the last one is end for nurture with self-care. Tara Brock does a fabulous job of it. And I feel like this, it's, it's just like we can, in our mind, if we have this tool, we can kind of catch ourselves from spiraling out of control and having something be worse. So you can try that. Rain practice. Recognize, allow, investigate, and nurture. That would be my last tip. How about yourself, Chris? Any, any last pieces of advice? Yes. Um, I would say that if you are really struggling with all of this, you know, it, it's a really challenging time. Um, and it's something that it, it, can, it can just really get to you. But I think this is something that I have, have looked at. I think if you can volunteer, I'm not saying you have to volunteer five days a week, but even if it's just a few hours of your time whilst you're looking for work, I know it, it seems counterintuitive, but if you give your time to others and you're helping to nurture other people, um, what I, I helped young people with writing because they struggled with it. And it really helps because you're giving to other people. You are not focused so much on your particular issues. Yes, you'll get back to them, but I find it really helps. And I, I wrote an article back in July about the fact that there are benefits to volunteering. So as uh, Sabrina, you were saying about dopamine in the brain, it makes you feel happier. It increases your confidence as well. And it just gives you a renewed sense of purpose and meaning. So I would say, volunteer your time, even though you're finding things difficult. That's great advice. It's really, really, do you also find, Crystal, when you do that, this is going to sound a little crass, maybe, it makes you also appreciate what you have. So even if you're in between roles or you're worried about losing your job, sometimes if you're helping out people who are less fortunate than yourself, do you find out that actually it kind of wakes you up like, hey, I don't have it so bad. I actually have it so, you know? Is that yeah. part of it too? I know I it's kind of a little crass to think in those terms, but it's reality. Yeah, it's the truth. Yeah. It's the truth. That's, that's good advice, you know? So, wow, we gave, I think you two gave some amazing advice, right? In a, in a relatively short period of time, a whole lot. So for people who want to get in touch with you or, or hear more about your advice, would you like to share like, where they could find you, the best place? Um, mine is just my name, Sabrina-Woods.com. And I'll just say there's some resources like on there related to mindfulness mm -hmm. and well-being. There's a handout on there that's got a lot of the things I've said. So you can look for that uh, right at the top section of my mindfulness section. So that would be great. And I'm happy to connect with people on LinkedIn as well. Great. How about yourself, Crystal? Where can people find you? Um, so you can find me at voraicoach.com. So it's V-O-R-A-I coach.com. And on there, you will find my podcast, which uh, right. Sabrina mentioned earlier, and it's to help people with career change. Um, there was a previous season that I did where I interviewed people who had been through the process or could help you um, and inspire you. So I would definitely uh, just have a listen, see what you think, but it will definitely help you. Well, that's great. You know what? Thank you so much, Chris and Sabrina. And what we'll do is we'll kind of edit it. We'll uh, uh, usually do it on Friday and I'll share it with you so you could put it on your sites and, and then we'll upload it again to social media because this is the type of thing that people could watch, you know, several times to go through because, you, you know, as we're talking about it, it goes by. But like when you really think about this, really some good quality advice that I don't think a lot of people hear it too often. 
as I mentioned before, they're here in the nuts and bolts, but not like what you have to do to really power through how to change your mindset, how to have these like little hacks to turn things around. So I think this could be so beneficial for so many people. Jack, I'll say one more thing. Sure. When you're in the job search, part of it is the practical and the strategic. And that's, that's only half the story. The other half is your mindset. Yeah. So if, you're, if we can help you be less stressed, more present, more productive, and more confident, that is a huge component of how you're going to be successful with the practical. So that mindset and that ability to bring yourself into that, to stay motivated as part of that mindset too, means just as much as the practical in this particular setting. That's great. You know, for both of those, for Crystal's, for those both great ways to end it, <laughs> to give some really good, encouraging advice. So thank you so much. Seriously, this was awesome. I really appreciate you coming on. And I think, yeah, I think a lot of people here. are going to benefit. So this is awesome. So thank you so much. Have a great rest of the day. And then I'll, I'll shoot you an email once we have it up and ready. And then we'll see if there's other things, because you mentioned other places that we could put on, you know, when we upload it so people could find other, other, you know, other folks that you mentioned and other sites so we can really help people. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for Take having care. me. Oh, my pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the WeCruiter podcast. If you want to check out other great content from WeCruiter, make sure to visit us at WeCruiter.io. That's W-E-C-R-U-I-C-R dot I-O. We offer tons of great resources for job seekers and professionals, so make sure to check us out today.